Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to EDU Inspo, a bilingual podcast centered on inspiring through ideas and topics worth spreading. All about education and leadership. Mi nombre es Flor, and today we will have a conversation that will focus on the classroom environment. All with tips and tricks. Because remember, here at EDU Inspo, our mission is to learn, apply, and share knowledge. So let's begin. Okay, guys. So in a workforce organization, meaning a job, we can't really ask employees to do the work if there are no guidelines or expectations. There needs to be some sort of training. There needs to be guidelines and expectations so they actually show up to work, etc. The same is true inside of a classroom. A classroom cannot run without guidelines. And besides the obvious, just like in a job, right, when students wouldn't be aware of what is expected of them, there is a really big difference here. And that difference being that, I mean, it could happen in a job environment too, but in a classroom, if there are no guidelines, then you are filled with discipline-related issues, okay? And if there are discipline-related issues, then there is no room for learning, which defeats the purpose of a student coming into your classroom. Because ultimately, the end goal here is to teach. <laughs> So, even if you are a veteran teacher, you can always, always improve your classroom management strategies. I get it. You've been teaching for 10 years, and this is the way that you've always run your classroom, etc. Right? But let's admit it. Veteran teachers become comfortable And then they become comfortable with discipline-related issues, too. And next thing you know, you're going to retire and you really, well, unfortunately, stop caring, which should not be the case, okay? If you stop caring about your classroom guidelines, then I think you should reconsider teaching. Now, there's the flip side of this. There are new teachers who are very scared. They're scared because sometimes teaching programs don't focus on discipline-related topics in the classroom. So today's episode will hopefully help you with classroom management skills to get your classroom learning and dealing less with behavior, making your teaching career less scary. <laughs> so in episode one, I went ahead and discussed on how to create a culturally responsive classroom. I think that's very important 
because I think it's the foundation of your relationships with your students, in my opinion. So I highly recommend that if you haven't listened to that episode, to go ahead and go back because it's well interconnected with this episode. Anyhow, um, let's go ahead and begin with how to go ahead and have an ideal classroom environment. I will begin by introducing the framework of, or should I say framework for a teacher by Charlotte Danielson. Charlotte Danielson's framework, framework is talked about, discussed, analyzed in most, if not all teacher programs. And some districts even use it to guide their observations. And I'll say that really quick in Spanish. Um, tenemos un marco de referencia que se llama Danielson's Framework. ¿no? Y básicamente este marco de referencia lo utilizan en la mayoría de los programas para maestras. Entonces, con este le llamaremos no um, framework o marco de referencia, podemos crear un ambiente de aprendizaje en donde cada niño puede maximizar su potencial. ¿no? All right, so the, Daniel fra the Danielson's framework, what is it? There are four domains, and this is mostly for anyone who is not a teacher who's listening, just so you are informed with what the framework entails. So it has four domains. Domain number one is planning and prep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Domain number two is the classroom environment. Domain number three is instruction. And finally, domain number four is professional responsibilities. So our focus today will be domain number two. Hay cuatro categorías. Y en estas cuatro categorías nos vamos a enfocar en categoría número cuatro, que viene siendo el ambiente del aula, ¿no? El ambiente de la clase. De las cuatro categorías, aunque nos vamos a enfocar en las cuatro, es importante que yo mencione lo que vienen siendo las cuatro categorías. Simplemente porque no todo mundo eh, conoce el Danielson's Framework. Tal vez no eres maestra y simplemente pues que sirviera como referencia, ¿no? Ok, so... Número uno, tienen lo que viene siendo la planificación perdón, y la preparación de nuestras clases. Número dos, como ya lo he mencionado, es el ambiente de nuestra clase. Número tres, viene siendo eh, la instrucción de la clase. Y número cuatro, vienen siendo nuestras responsabilidades profesionales. Así que como nos vamos a enfocar en Domain 2, que viene siendo eh, el ambiente, vamos a comenzar con número 1. Number 1. Creating an environment of respect and rapport. Creando un ambiente de respeto. Okay? Which entails the following. There needs to be respect with our students. Like us as teachers, 
toward our students. There needs to be respect amongst students. So student-to-student -student interaction matters. We need to somehow be able to nourish a safe environment, meaning that students do not laugh at one another when they make a mistake. And to top it all off, we have to make sure that students feel safe safe to go ahead and make these mistakes safe enough for students to not feel like their hand is not going to be slapped you know if they do something wrong etc so nurturing a safe and respectful environment is key that's number one number two creating or establishing a culture for learning what does this mean Creating a culture for learning means that you place expectations for learning. It means that you care enough about their learning that you make it, you make a bar for them to reach, right? You set a bar. And not only are you setting a bar for the culture of learning, but you always always try to make your content relevant you always explain the why we're learning this why is that important so i'll say it in spanish really quickly número dos tenemos que establecer una cultura para el aprendizaje los estudiantes deben de aprender en todo momento por qué están aprendiendo lo que les vas a enseñar por qué les debería de importar no so in the beginning we should have objectives we should have like hooks and whatnot and we should always keep in the back of our heads to make this relevant for example in a foreign language classroom we would prompt the following question students why is it important to learn how to conjugate in the present progressive and obviously they're gonna be like crickets in the classroom and nobody's gonna answer it so then you go ahead and tell them why why because you need to be able to communicate what you're currently doing in the target language that's why so you're always prompting these questions guiding them on how to think or prompting them on caring otherwise you're not going to engage them at all Otherwise, they're not going to know why they should care about learning whatever it is they're teaching them that day. And may I say that this area also includes reminding students to take pride in their work. Part of establishing a culture for learning is reminding them to, for example, keep their papers legible and clean. You should, at least in my opinion, always refuse to accept papers that do not have names for example or papers that are wrinkled and dirty you know and if you don't want to go to the extreme of refusing it for whatever reason just make sure that you you voice that to them like hey this paper right here is not acceptable like Please, from here on now, make sure that you write your name. Or from here on now, make sure that, I don't know, um, you're careful with your erase marks or you make sure that you grab another paper instead of 
writing in a wrinkled paper. You know, I I just think it's really important for us to remind students to take pride in their work just simply because, again, you're setting up that bar from them. Now, there's this book called um, Teaching Like a Champion. And in Teaching Like a Champion, they refer to something called, uh, quote, no opt out, quote. So this means that you address um, students who refuse to participate. So if you have students who straight up do not respond when you ask a question, or students who mutter, I don't know, um, then according to teaching like a champion, you remind them that it's not okay to try. Okay, so for those students who shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know, or for those students who maybe just, you know, don't respond at all, you have to be very clear with them and you have to make sure that you tell them, hey, it's not okay to not try, okay? Now, for this to happen, you have to, of course, establish establish sorry a safe environment for students to be able to make mistakes um and and the way that you can do this the easiest way is to constantly remind them guys it's okay to share your mistake because for example if somebody makes a mistake on the opposite side of the classroom then perhaps another person on the opposing side might have made the same mistake too. So it's always necessary to hear everybody's responses, whether they're right or wrong, because then we're not going to learn class, you know? You don't have to be Mr. Meanie or Mrs. Meanie. It's as simple as just a kind reminder, right? Um, you should always make them feel also like um, they're their voices matter at all times. So if they do share a response and it's wrong, you don't shut them down. You don't say, no, wrong, next. You know, you you have to remind them that, okay, I see where you're going, but, and you model thinking, right? So they can, not only them, the person who's answering, but the whole class can get the idea of how to get to the answer. So... The way that you do this is if there is a wrong response, instead of shutting them down, you you stop and you analyze what they went ahead and responded with, and then you redirect them to go ahead and find a solution. Okay, you make them think. So for example, you would ask questions like, okay, well let's look at how you answered. So tell me, what does you know, for example, X mean? And what about, what does Y mean? And then you have them answer, right? Okay, so, so far you have X and Y. So then what do you think they mean when they ask? And then whatever it is, right? And then the whole class can even help you, right class? You know, you ask all of them. So what do they mean when they're asking us this, this, and that? So this validates, what this does is validates those who don't know or are too shy to respond. And in as a group, they end up having a positive 
interaction because they're publicly helping one another. Okay. Um, so again, it's really important for you to make it clear that the answer, I do not know, is not a way to respond. Okay. And this will most definitely increase participation in your class. Um, so yeah, I mean, you you yourself have to go ahead and remind them constantly um, because really all you're essentially asking is for them to be open to trying, okay? So if you want, you can go ahead and directly address it with the student privately afterwards if they completely shut down on you because it's normal and it might happen. Um, and you can just have... A really quick conversation about like for example uh hey jimmy you know it's being wrong is okay with me but you know what failing to try is not and this guys is essentially what rigor is so we must make sure to be very clear with them and tell them it's not okay for you not to try Okay. All right. So I'll say that really quickly in Spanish. Um, cuando los estudiantes no quieren responder, cuando los estudiantes dicen no sé, nosotros debemos de siempre recordarles que no está bien responder con yo no sé. Si ellos no saben la respuesta, nosotros es nuestro trabajo guiarlos en cómo encontrar la respuesta. Es nuestro trabajo asegurarnos que el, el ambiente de la clase los deje hacer estos errores que son necesarios y es muy importante que nosotros les digamos a los estudiantes, ya sea como todo en una clase, no todos juntos o con el estudiante solo decirles, hey, ¿sabes qué? Eh, si una respuesta sientes que, no sé, que avergüenza o etcétera, mm, quiero que trates, quiero que trates porque ¿sabes qué? Si tú no tratas, yo no estoy bien con 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 la idea de que tú no participes. Prefiero que respondas y aunque esté mal tu respuesta, aunque esté mal, has participado y es todo lo que yo quiero. Yo quiero que estés aquí en la clase tratando de aprender y no simplemente diciéndome que no puedes. No, yo no voy a aceptar tu yo no puedo. All right. Number three, managing classroom procedures. So... Classroom procedures are essential, especially with transitions, right? Um, things that you can do with the idea or on the concept of transitions. Let's say, for example, that there is bell work every single day in the beginning of class. So then you remind your students that when you are signing uh, bell work to please remain quiet until you are done. And that is one way of managing just one classroom procedure. But you would do the same with any other procedure. Like, um, for example, let's go ahead and open up the books, but make sure that you open up the book quietly. All right. And then you can always prompt students um, to go ahead and do a certain procedure quietly um, at any time. You know, so... 
if you are always quick to remind them and then you forget and then it gets too loud, you can always, always, always um, just simply remind them, hey guys, we are doing this quietly. And then you can acknowledge students who are you know, following those classroom procedures with transitions. Like, I, I, especially in primary classrooms, right? Like, I love how Jimmy is quietly opening his or his book. Um, thank you so much, for example, Sophia, for opening your book quietly. Or thank you, left side of the class, for remaining quiet when I'm signing bell work, etc. And part of classroom procedures, guys, and I, I'm going to include this um, because I, I, I think it's somewhat relevant to classroom procedures. You, you always have to think ahead of your students. So if you have, for example, a task for them, you always, always have to have something for the quick finishers to do. Meanwhile, the rest finish. Um, I think it's part of classroom procedures too. So for, you remind them like if you are finished, um, make sure that you, I don't know, uh, complete, you know, X, Y, Z or make sure that you are reading a book quietly. Meanwhile, the rest of your classmates finish or something of that sort. No, but you always have to think that you should always assume that there's going to be people who finish quickly. You should always have an overabundance of things for them to do um, because otherwise then again you end up having bored students and what do bored students do? Um, they start talking to other students and then that creates just discipline related issues that you don't want. So yeah. Managing classroom procedures, especially with transitions, means that you are reminding them of guidelines um, and what to do at all times, right? Um, all right, moving on. Number four, managing student behavior. So with managing student behavior, you should include this in your syllabus. Right then, if you do have to um, implement any of your rules or consequences, um, and a parent ends up questioning why you did whatever it was that you did with, you know, their son or daughter, then you have the syllabus to back you up. Um, your syllabus should also be um, in concurrence with the vision of the school so it's okay to have like two additional um student behavior strategies that are just for your class but for the most part you shouldn't have anything that's extremely far away from what the school's vision is when it comes to student behavior okay now something very very important because your syllabus is in the beginning of the year um is to refer to it as needed, especially mid-year when they have forgotten or after, for example, a break, right? Um, I think it's important for teachers to know that at any time, any time, guys, you can take control of your classroom. So don't think that because you let them talk after exams for like three months straight, and ignore the fact that this was a distraction for other students who are working, that you can't change that. You can absolutely change that. 
you can start to remind them or you can dedicate, you know, 10 minutes or less to make adjustments to your expectations. You can make adjustments to your expectations whenever you want. That is what good teaching practices is. You modify and you adjust, right? You can start today. You can start next week. You can start next month. Point is that whenever you feel like there needs to be an ex- an adjustment to your expectations, you can do it. Because the truth is that you need to do this. You need to do this to make your life easier. You can make adjustments because it's part of teaching. You can make adjustments, so do not be afraid to try a new expectation today. Okay? And I'll go ahead and say that really quick in Spanish. Um... A todo momento, en cualquier momento, perdón, en tu clase tú puedes manejar y manejar tu clase y agregar regulaciones que tú piensas que son importantes, aunque por ejemplo no la no se las hayas explicado en el comienzo del año, por ejemplo, si te empiezas a dar cuenta, bueno, es que yo nunca di una, no sé, una regulación sobre, sobre cómo se deben de comportar, como por ejemplo cuando yo estoy firmando la tarea inicial, ¿no? Y te das cuenta que como nunca lo dijiste, pasaron los meses y, y pues así se quedó. Y empiezas a pensar, bueno, pues es que ahora pues ya, ya no puedo decirles porque ya estamos aquí a enero y pues que falta para mayo y no, 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 absolutamente no. En cualquier momento tú puedes hablar con ellos, tomar como unos siete o menos minutos para decir, ¿saben qué? Me he dado cuenta que han estado hablando demasiado cuando yo estoy firmando la tarea inicial, así que les voy a pedir que de ahora en adelante, por favor, no hablen mientras que yo estoy firmando. ¿Por qué? Porque no me pueden oír cuando yo estoy tratando de hablar con sus compañeros, etc. No, el punto es que tú puedes tomar control de tu clase. Porque si no lo haces, pues tu vida la verdad va a ser muy complicada. Y no, tal vez pierdes, no sé, el amor por, por tu profesión simplemente porque no tomaste el tiempo de, de aplicar una regla a mitad del año. En cualquier, en cualquier momento, ya sea ahora, la semana que viene, el mes que viene, o cuando a ti te dé la gana, si tú piensas que es para ayudarlos a ellos y aprender, para ayudarlos a aprender en la clase, absolutamente no tengas miedo de tratar una nueva expectación para ellos, una nueva regla para ellos, ¿ok? Alright, número 5. La organización del espacio físico. The organization of your physical space. That's number 5. Always make sure that you have a safe physical space for them. I know it's hard to do. I know, especially in old buildings. I mean, I've experienced, you know, all sorts of things. Um, when it comes to physical space, I've I've had overcrowding, um, and you know I've had to manage with the little that I've have available for me. Um, 
but it's it's important no matter if we are in old buildings or whatnot to make sure that we have a safe physical space for our students um i know that some observation tools uh have organization of physical space and if you do not make the learning environment you know cater to having a learning environment you can get docked okay you can get points removed for this so things like for example making sure that the seating arrangement is you know uh for example that their tables or their desks um have uneasy access to your projector or yourself or direct instruction um making sure that you're that you have materials accessible for example you have a designated place for your pencils you have a designated place for your paper for your sharpeners you have a designated absent folder etc making sure that you have all these things available is very importante okay teniendo acceso teniendo ciertas partes en tu clase en, para que los estudiantes tengan acceso a los materiales es importante teniendo un lugar específico para los lápices para el papel para los sacapuntas o el folder para las ausencias etc es necesario es parte también de, de la organización de no solamente el espacio físico perdón pero también algunas veces te pueden quitar puntos por si sí que están a, sí que están por ejemplo eh, sí que están dando lo que le llaman formal observations no um, si tienes a, a tu jefa o tu jefe aka your principal en tu clase ellos se dan cuenta se dan cuenta si tú um, tienes los escritorios para que los niños se sientan a gusto en tu clase aprendiendo por ejemplo no vas a tener los escritorios en donde el estudiante se tiene que voltear todo su cuerpo para poder ver el projector no para poder verte a ti todo esto pues tienes que hacerlo tienes que hacerlo porque porque es parte de de creando un un ambiente de aprendizaje para nuestros estudiantes que es muy muy importante bueno conclusión conclusion I think it's paramount to take the time to address the mentioned essentials no which is part of running a smooth classroom so it's important for you to deal with little to no classroom behavior issues number one for your sanity number two so there's actually learning happening and i mean the truth is that we really can't control behavior especially during full moon phases or for example the day after halloween etc but i think it's rest assuring to know that a classroom environment though fluid can can should always you know be should always cater to your students learning needs so at any moment you can always make adjustments um no day is the same 
and no class is ever the same. If you're a secondary teacher, no two periods are the same. And the truth is some groups are more challenging than others. And and yeah, they'll make you question sometimes your life career choices. But I think that that's what makes teaching so beautiful and complex, right? That it challenges you to to think about how you can make the classroom environment challenging, relevant, and engaging for your students. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening to my podcast. And I really hope that all this information was helpful. Adios. Have a good day.